you're listening to Radio Maria, and this is Father Toby with uh, Credo. And uh, today we're going to be looking at how to make a good confession. Um, I thought I'd just start very quickly with a, a guide of how to go to confession. Um, and then I'm going to speak a, a little bit um, in sort of t terms which hopefully are relatable to our lives about why um, confession in person is is necessary for for, for mortal sins um, and then I'm, I'm going to speak a little bit about about forgiveness itself and then in the in the final part of the of the program I will actually um, lead us through a, a fairly sort of long examination of conscience but one that I've used on mission with my uh, Dominican brothers a number of times and which and which people have told me is is really helpful because it's it sort of prompted them they've realized that there are things which weigh on their conscience um, that they need to bring before the Lord or in fact that there are some things which they thought were were harmless um, and which they now un understand actually are are dangerous for us and, and harm our relationship with God. But let's start then first of all with just a very basic guide of how to go to confession. And the first step is to make an examination of conscience, um, which is basically where I start to to sort of think and to and to pray and to and to ask the Holy Spirit to let me be aware of my of my sins um, and to help me to have the resolve to to change change my life and the examination of conscience isn't sort of ideally something that we just begin whilst we're in the the queue for confession but but something actually that that plays a, a part in our regular prayer life um, because it's all too as, as we know in, in relationships it's all too easy to sort of casually hurt someone um, and not to and not to realize it and sometimes we might say to the other person oh, well you should have told me um, if you were if you were hurting me but the other person might also say well actually if you'd if you'd ever bothered to think about it you would have realized it um, and so both those dimensions go on with uh, preparation for confession that the church tells you things which are sinful but also there is there is our own personal responsibility where we start to examine what have we personally done that is sinful. And the next step is to go to the priest. Um, and normally it's a good thing, let the priest know, if you're, particularly if you're going in a box where there's a curtain and the priest can't see, um, don't just wait for him to, to begin. Um, begin just with making the sign of the cross, saying in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. And then it's customary to, to tell the priest how long it's been since your last confession um, and this is incredibly helpful for the for the for the priest because it it gives him an idea of of where you are in your in your in your spiritual life and it, and it will also help him sort of guide you um, if you need that at all and then one of the very helpful thing is to is to tell the priest about your your state in life for example i'm a I'm a single young man, or I'm a priest and a religious, or I'm married uh, with a number of children, or I'm a I'm a teenager still at school, um, because this again helps the priest relate 
better to 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 who you are to what you're confessing and to uh and also to uh give you give you advice and obviously it would change the nature of some of the sins that we say for example if you uh told the priest that well i slept with a a woman who's who's not my wife if you're not married that's fornication if you are married then you've committed a adultery and the latter is is much more serious than the than the first serious as that is and then the next step is to tell the priest about your sins tell him how you've sinned and how often how often it happened um and if you're not sure whether something is a sin then just ask um the the priest um, but when when I say sort of you know tell him how you've sinned and how often it happened, you don't know need to go into every single detail. The priest doesn't know need to know about sort of you know where it happened or you know what sort of mood you'd been in beforehand or all the all the exact exact details. But at the same point, it's important don't use sort of euphem euphemistic language um tell the priest exactly what happened so sometimes somebody will say to you well i slept with a woman and then i will have to say to them well what do you mean by you slept slept with slept with a woman tell the priest actually what has happened um and the number of times and, and remember the priest doesn't sit there to to put his own judgment upon you rather he sits there to to hear your to hear your sins and then to bring the forgiveness and the mercy of God, which has been entrusted to him, um, to you. And so make sure you actually confess what you've done. Otherwise, what you've done won't be forgiven. And then it's important at this point to state that we, we tell the priest about, we have to tell the priest about our serious sins, um, what the church calls mortal sin. And I'll, I'll speak a little bit about that, that later, but you don't, have to tell him about every single thing you've ever done wrong, particularly if you've been away for a confession for, you know, a number of months or even even years. Don't feel that somehow God is out to catch you out as if you don't remember everything. Then somehow you're you're going to be no better off than you were before. Rather, confession is first and foremost all that we have to confess is our our mortal our mortal sins. But it's also helpful to tell the priest about some of the less serious um, sins that we commit that are a bit of a an obstacle to us being holy. These might be less serious sins that we that we struggle with on a regular basis. But what we don't have to do, and this is really important, we don't, nor are we supposed to confess to the the priest our sinful character traits. So. We don't have to say to the priest, "I'm prone to anger," um, or "I'm prone to I'm prone to jealousy." Um, that's a com confession. Confession is is not the the moment where we sort of are coming for spiritual direction and trying to seek sort of advice in every aspect of our of our life. Rather, we're coming to actually confess our sins. Um, and so, if you're thinking, "Well, you know, I'm prone to anger." Well, where was the example that you were angry and you were unjust with someone and confess the actual moment where your anger got the better of you or where your jealousy got the better of you and not just the the sort of angry thoughts that you occasionally have unless you're actually 
indulging them. And then when you've sort of finished, finished all of that, say, that's all I can recall, Father. And then the priest might uh, sort of offer you some advice at that point. Um, and it's Im important to remember that the priest might offer you some advice at that point. But as I said, confession is not first and foremost spiritual direction. There might be some overlap, but confession first and foremost is about the forgiveness of sins. And so particularly if the priest is aware that there's a long line in the queue for confession, he might just say something very short um, with regards to your sins or not at all. Don't feel that you've been shortchanged. And if you do want more general help with trying to be holier, then arrange to, to see a priest at, a, at another time outside of outside of confessions. That said, if you do have a particular question and you say, oh, Father, this, this sin's something that I've been struggling with a long time. I keep on bringing back this sin again and again to confession. I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Is there any advice you can give me? And again, if like whilst the priest is speaking, um, you remember something serious which you uh, which you forgot to say. Don't feel don't feel like oh well, I can't say that now. The priest has started started speaking. It'd be rude to rude to cut him off. Just tell the priest like say I'm sorry to interrupt you, Father. I've just remembered something else serious. I've just remembered this, and then tell tell him that because otherwise you won't listen to the advice he's given because you'll be sort of worried about not for not forgetting the thing that you remembered. Or you might, in fact, sort of forget it, and then you'll go out feeling like, "Oh, I need to go back to I need to go back to confession." I mean, nobody wants to leave confession feeling like that. Then, as I said, after a, a little bit of advice, um, the priest will will give you a penance, um, which you can think of as the as the first act of your new life after the the sacrament of reconciliation. Um, and with regards to the penance, again, if the, the priest will normally give you some form of prayer, and if you don't know that particular prayer, then tell the priest, I, I, I don't know that, Father, could you give me something else? Because the last thing you want to do is walk out of confession and then be thinking, well, I'll need to look that up later, or I'll need to find a prayer book with that, that prayer um, in it, and then you might forget, and then you might start to feel sort of guilty all over it again. So as I said, if it's not straightforward, that doesn't mean sometimes you might be given a substantial amount of prayer or something more difficult, but don't let the sort of the if if don't be embarrassed about saying to the priest, I don't know how to do what you've asked me to do because your penance should be something that you are able to do. And then the priest will ask you to make an act of contrition. And an act of contrition, there are lots of uh, formulas for, uh, for, for acts of contrition. Um, in many confessionals, there's, there's one up on the, uh, on the wall. Um, but essentially, an act of contrition, it's not about there is the perfect formula. Rather, the act of contrition is just a witness. It's just evidencing the fact that I am truly sorry for my sins. So even something as short as, oh my God, I'm truly sorry for all my sins and I resolve with your help to try and sin no more. That would be fine. Um, 
One longer act of contrition um, that's quite common is, is this. My God, I'm sorry for my sins with all my heart. In choosing to do wrong and failing to do good, I have sinned against you whom I should love above all things. I firmly intend with your help to do penance, to sin no more, and to avoid whatever leads me to sin. Our Saviour Jesus Christ suffered and died for us. In his name, my God, have mercy. The, the act of contrition that I tend to, to make is, is one which I sort of actually have made up over, over time myself, a bit of, a, bit of an, an, an amalgam. Um, but it's sort of added parts of uh, theology in over time which have come to be more important to me. Then after, uh, after you've made your, your act of contrition, the, the priest will, will give you absolution. Um, and listen very carefully to these words of absolution. First, because we should sort of luxuriate in these words of the priest, um, which bring about the, the healing and the forgiveness of Christ. This is such a, a beautiful thing. Um, but also because the words of the act of contrition contain, contain such profound theology they contain, contain all the persons of the Trinity um, and they express the, the course of, of salvation history as it goes from sort of God the Father in the, in the most sort of general way right through to the priest acting in the person of Christ, absolving you, the penitent of your, of your sins. And, the, and the, uh, the words of absolution go like this. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. Through the ministry of the church, may God give you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I said, have a, have a look up later of that, uh, those words of absolution. They're very, very beautiful. Um, but also know that that occasionally, I, I, I wish priests wouldn't do this, but, but confession is still valid if the priest says, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, if the priest doesn't use the, the proper um, formula of, I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. If he simply says, I, I absolve you from your sins or your sins are forgiven, don't feel embarrassed about saying, excuse me, Father, would you use the uh, the proper formula of uh, confession, the proper formula of absolution. Sometimes priests get into, into slack habits um, or sort of lazy theology and uh, and sometimes we need to just give them a little reminder that that words matter because jesus christ is the the living word of god um, and through his church um, we've been given specific words which which bring about certain things and the priest isn't at liberty to just change those as he sees fit um, but hopefully you haven't had that experience um, i've had it the odd time not very often um, and then finally, uh, when you go out, try and do the penance that the priest has given you straight away. Um, say those prayers, or if the priest has asked you to make some sort of recompense for, say, something that you've 
you've stolen, um, then make sure that you you do that immediately. Um, I think that's a, a good starter of how to the actual sort of how to go to confession. As I said afterwards, um, this little piece of music, we will have a a little look at um, why we, how we might understand on a on a human level. Um, why in-person confession is is necessary and uh, and then as i said we'll finish with me um speaking a little bit about forgiveness and then leading you through an act of contrition um we we began the program or just before the program listening to uh dear lord and father of mankind forgive our foolish ways and now we listen to that great psalm of uh, imploring mercy the the miserere mei deus um as composed by allegri
You're listening to Radio Maria England, and that was Allegri's Miserere Me Deus, um, conducted by Nigel Short. And we're examining at the moment um, in today's credo on uh, how to make a good confession. And I just led you through the the steps of going to confession. Um, first of all, make an examination of conscience, then go to the priest, confess your your sins, um, both the the name and number, then listen to any advice the priest might give, then pray an act of contrition, um, finally luxuriate in those words of absolution and be truly grateful for them, and then go and do the, the penance. Um, now I just want to, to share with you a little bit on, on why I think face-to-face confession is necessary. And this isn't so much a, a sort of a biblical or or a strictly sort of theological argument um as rather one sort of based on our on our human relations which i think helps us make sense of of why why this is why this is necessary there's a bit of theology in it as well though as i'm sure you'd hope for and 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 hopefully expect um so the first thing to say is the way that we think about sin um, I think it can be very easy to to think of God as simply a divine lawgiver, um, and then the the sort of the work or the ongoing day to day work of the of the divine lawgiver is to check whether we're observing the laws. But the point of giving the laws isn't to check whether we've broken them or not. Um, that's not why a government introduces laws a government doesn't introduce laws to check whether its citizens are obedient or not rather a government introduces laws to help society function well and in the same way god introduces laws and gives us rules to live by in order that we might live well that we might both live in 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 good relationships with one another and also live, most importantly, in a good relationship with God. And if we live in a good relationship with God, then the good relationships with one another will flow out of that. So that's the first point, that, that yes, when we break one of the, the laws that God has, has given us um, in the scriptures and through his, his church, it is bad that we've broken, broken the, the law but the principal harm that has occurred is that our relationship with with God has been has been damaged, and also that we've harmed we've harmed ourselves um, and probably other people, because as I said, the point of giving the law is to help us live well, and when we don't live well, no harm happens to God because God is omnipotent, um, and God doesn't. God doesn't. God the Father does not sort of suffer when we when we sin. God the Father is not reduced when we sin, and and thank thank goodness for that. Because imagine what a situation we'd be in if if God was somehow made less powerful, less loving, less all knowing. Um, if every every time we we sin, then we'd have a very very reduced God indeed. Um, but rather, when we don't live according to the way that God has given us to live, it's us who suffer. We're harmed. Our hearts become 
a little less those hearts of flesh and a little more those hearts of, of stone. Um, and also those around us suffer. Um, and as you might have heard me speak of also, the, in, in, the, in a mystical way, um, even when nobody knows about it, uh, the body of Christ to which I belong, to which you are a crucial member, suffers when we, when we sin. And when we start to remember that sin is primarily about relationships and not about laws, but rather the, the laws provide the, the, sort of the parameters for that relationship. I remember G.K. Chesterton once said that, uh, that somebody once said that um, the church sort of erects uh, walls that, that fence us up and surround us. And he said, yes, but I tend to think of them as the walls of a playground. The walls of a playground, you know, they make you safe. They give you a good area to play in, inside. And so too, the, the laws of the, the church don't restrict the amount that we might love. Rather, they, they provide the, the conditions for love. And there can be no love which breaks the laws of God because God is love. As I said, think about sin in terms of relationship. And then we might start to see why in some occasions it can be necessary to, to go to confession um, in person. Um, now the church teaches us that there, are, that there are mortal sins and that there are venial sins. And this is spoken about um, by St. John. Uh, he speaks of those, those sins which... Um, which kill the kill the, kill the soul and distinguishes them from from other sin, which though though serious, doesn't have such a harmful effect. And the way that I've characterized this when when speaking to people is to to think about maybe in your relationship with your your spouse or your mother or or brother and sister or or very very good friend, um, that there are lots of little probably annoying things or, or things that you do wrong or things which you you said you would do and you and you and you fail fail to do and you say sorry for them when you remember or every now and then you say oh I'm sorry I forget to do that so often or I'm sorry I did this but you don't feel under pressure that you have to sort of go to the person seek them out every single every single time you've you've done this you've done this thing and ask for their their forgiveness your your relationship is is not sort of petty in that way rather you you know the good intentions of the other you know that there's no no spite or or malice involved involved in this but then there are also those sorts of things that you that you do where say before leaving for for work you spoke really harshly to your spouse. You were you were tired. You'd not slept well. You got a stressful day coming coming up, and it's not the sort of thing that you can just leave hanging. Um, and so you you send a text message and you say, "Honey, I'm sorry about the way I spoke to you this morning. I was stressed. I was I was I, I was I was tired. But I didn't I didn't mean to to hurt your feelings. I I love you, and that's good." The text message acknowledges the the fact that it that it happened, and that it needed to be acknowledged, and that it need to need to be apologised for. 
And I think that's what we might come into the into the category of say venial venial sin, whereby you know we do need to acknowledge it. We when we pray at the beginning of the mass, you know, I confess to Almighty God and to my brothers and sisters. That's what we're we're bringing these these venial sins before God, and we're we're asking for for forgiveness. Um, we're not, we don't ask the priests in person. Um, for forgiveness for these particular venial sins, or at least we're not we're not compelled we're not compelled to the church doesn't say we we have to in in a certain way that sort of prayer of forgiveness is a bit like the divine text message. But there are also those sins and the way that we hurt and we offend those who love us, whereby if we sent them a text message to say that we were sorry for this behavior. It would almost sort of deepen the wound. The person might say, really, you did this and you think that you can make it all okay with a text message? Um, those are the sorts of things where we know we need to see the person in person. Um, that we need to seek them out. We need to arrange a time to be with them. It's the sort of thing where we'd also come in with a, a, bo a box of chocolates and um, and some flowers. Now, don't worry, I'm not telling you that when you go to confession, you're supposed to bring the priest chocolates and, and flowers, although probably wouldn't mind being given some chocolates. But no, that's not definitely not a practice I'm in, in, encouraging. That would be very bad. I'm not encouraging that for the record, particularly if my uh, provincial or prior are listening. But there are things where we need to seek out the the forgiveness of um of the one we love in person or the one we've the one we've hurt. Um and in the same way there are times where we need to come before sort of Christ himself in the person of the priest and to uh, and to apologize. And I think the fact that very often we find it difficult or embarrassing is good because the kind of the sorry that doesn't cost us anything, um, the sorry that isn't sort of a little, little bit difficult in some way, probably doesn't bring about the transformative effect in us that is necessary in order to be able to cooperate with the grace of forgiveness that God gives us in confession. If it's too easy to apologize for, then it will be all too easy to do again. Um, if it's too easy to apologize for, then perhaps I haven't dealt fully with the reality that I did this sort of thing. I did this sort of thing and it really matters. Um, and we might fail to do that for, for one or two, two reasons. First, sort of out of, out of, out of, out of, out of ignorance, um, we might not have realized that that we sort of did this sort of really bad thing. But the other way that we might do it, and I think is, is more, more common in some ways, is that we don't have sufficient self-respect. Um, we don't think actually that what I do really does matter. We fail to respect the, the dignity that God has, has given us. Um, those beautiful words of Pope St. Leo which are, are read out at the Office of Readings at Christmas, which you might have heard me say before, that Christian, remember your dignity. 
um, coming before the priest and receiving the forgiveness of God in the in the confessional for our mortal sins is a recognition that I was made for more. That I was made for greatness, not the smallness of the world that sin leads me into. And don't let your embarrassment, your fear, be a, an obstacle to receiving the the grace that you need. The devil will try and, particularly with serious sin, will prov- try and provide you with so many reasons not to go, like saying, oh, it doesn't matter, or it's too hard to get to confession, or what if the priest is really harsh with you? Uh, none of those are a good enough excuse not to receive the, the forgiveness of God, the uh, the forgiveness which he, he offers to you in confession. So, I'd encourage you to, to to be to be brave and to be and to be bold. And just before we go to our our next piece of music, I just want to uh, leave you with one one other thought. One thing that I've that I've found uh, sort of quite common is that you get people who who don't really trust um, that God has has forgiven them. People who bring back um, old old sins uh, to to com- to confession, and it's that's form. Even though, like it, it sounds harsh to say this to to the people. I I say to them, like I I think what's going on is a certain form of spiritual pride, in that you've decided that what you have done is so so enormous um, that you are of such consequence uh, that God cannot forgiveness. And we have to check ourselves. And we have to remember that, that none of my sins are greater than the greatness of the mercy of God. Um, and the devil wants to tempt us. The devil wants to say, oh, you know, God couldn't possibly forgive you that. Or the, the priest um, will judge you for it. It would be too too embarrassing but we mustn't give in to that and we must allow god to be god um and and take our our proper place in the order of things i'm now going to uh, play to you a, a quite different miserere uh this one's by um one of my favorite italian singers and one of my mother's favorite italian singers my favorite is uh or amongst them is zucchero and uh and hers is uh is is Pavarotti and here they are singing sort of miserere at the Royal Albert Hall in 2004 um and in in the lyrics um of this is translated so Zucchero is, is writing of this sense of having done something wrong of of being a great sinner um of asking how should I live uh, but not quite sure uh, whether whether there is something more there, and I know that so many people have this sense, and so I I I pray for them as we as we listen to this music that they might come to know the the mercy of God and they might come to trust in it. Misery. 
mistero è la mia vita che mistero sono un peccatore dell'anno 80.000 un menzognero ma dove sono te cosa faccio Sono il santo che ti ha tradito quando eri solo e vivo altrove e osservo il mondo dal cielo e vedo il mare sole, le foreste. Hello there. Oh, so I, you talk uh, me. You talk to me, or you somebody yes, yeah, else? Yes, no, I'm talking. I'm talking to. I'm talking to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One thing I always find when I go to confession, it happens a lot, is that I think I no, I I think I've told the priest everything, and he's just in the middle of give. He's going to give me absolution, and in the middle of it, I suddenly remember something else, and not a serious thing, and I always think, oh, why does this keep happening? Do I? interrupt him or do i uh, come back again leave it for another time i think the it's a it's a really good question and like it happens to to me my myself oh. as well that the 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 important point you you raise is whether it's a serious sin mm. or not because if we remember that actually we receive forgiveness in the in in the mass for our mm. venial sin yeah. Um, oh, when yeah. we make when we go through the penitential rite and so the church says that, that we need to go to confession any time we become aware of of, of mortal sin, mm-hmm. um, and then at least once a year, and mm. the one the once a year, I would suggest we might we might think of as a bit like a an M, an MOT, mm. um, where mm-hmm. we just sort of go through for a, a, a bit of a sort of a checkup, mm. um, and uh, and just sort of get the the significant um, sort of non mortal sin. Uh, mm-hmm. off off our chest that's block that's blocking us but if but if you but if you know yourself and you know that like well this isn't serious mm-hmm. then then you can just let it go yeah. but also know that if you're the type of personality who's 
going to walk out of there and go, oh, I wish I'd said that. I wish mm. I'd said that. And now you're going to be, it's going to be hanging on you and you're going to yeah. be thinking, do I need to, do I need to go like re rejoin the queue yeah. and go back in again? <laughs> then just interrupt him. Just mm. say like, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, Father. Just one more thing I, I wanted to, wanted to add. Mm. Um, right. Don't, 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 don't get embarrassed about, mm -hmm. about that. Oh, well, there's another thing I just thought of. Sure. When, at the beginning there, of the there you match, go, your perfect example of what exactly, you're talking about. Exactly. <laughs> so when it is at the beginning of Mass, when the priest says, uh, let us call to mind our sins, and usually you're supposed to, are you supposed to leave a gap for people to, like, you know, bring to mind their sins and confess them internally? Or, because a lot of them, they just go straight on to the I, I, I confess, the, the confitio. Yeah, they go straight on without leaving the gap for you to call to mind your sins. Yeah, so I think that's then a, a really helpful thing to, to us to to remind ourselves that it's mm. it's a really good idea to to try and arrive at least at least five minutes before mass, mm. so that we can just have that moment of of recollection, where we start to think about all the ways in which. Um, you know, we've fallen short of who mm. God has called us to, to be. And if, you know, and if for whatever reason you can't get there five minutes beforehand, there's something we can start to do on the, on the, on, on the, on the bus or in the car. Don't mm. let the experience of mass just begin at the very beginning of mass, rather mm. start to get yourself in the, in, in the mindset for, for mass before, before, before it begins. Mm -hmm. Okay. Lovely. Thank you very much. Great. Thank you very much for your, okay. for your call. Okay, God bless bye. you. Have a good day. Bye bye. There we go. No sooner, no sooner do I begin than we have a another caller. Hello, you're live on air on Radio Maria. Oh, hello, Father. It's Margaret, and I just wanted to ask about um, you know the the shopping list sins, the ones that you repeat over and over again. Yeah. So I think where where they're not. Um, mortal like we don't need to be going to confession every single time we we do we do one of those mm -hmm. but but where it's something which we think gosh this is this is a this is this is a this is a block this is this is stopping me from sort of becoming holy in the in 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 the way that god is is calling me to to be almost like stopping me from going to the the next level so to speak then then Absolutely, sort of, you know, once once a month, I think, is a good t a good frequency with which to to just go to confession as as a sort of general path path of the course, and then you can bring that to the to the to the priest there and and say, you know, Father, this is something that that I regularly um, struggle struggle with. Um, have you got any advice for this? And don't sort of don't let the priest have to sort of guess whether it's something that is a, a regular struggle because remember if you if you go to confession and you say forgive me father it's a it's a month since my last confession and then you say on well on on three occasions i was sort of uh angry or on three occasions I was this that or the other he does he doesn't know whether actually every time you've been to confession for the last five years You've been saying, and on three occasions or on five occasions, Father, I I did this sin. So, just let let him know in order that he might be able to help you better. Lovely, thank you very much. Okay, thank you very much for your call. God bless okay, you. Bye. bye bye. So we're just beginning with our examination of conscience, but the first commandment: You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
And so we can ask ourselves, do I strive to have a personal love relationship with God? Does God truly hold the first place in my life? Or do I compartmentalize God in my life? Am I a Christian on Sundays, but something else during the week? And then we might remember, as St. Luke wrote, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Those words of Jesus might prompt us to realize I place undue value and time on gaining and possessing things the world considers important. So I might ask, am I materialistic in my attitude and outlook in regard to money? Have I participated in the occult, in witchcraft, in fortune-telling, in Ouija boards, in seances, in tarot cards, good luck charms? Have I actually believed in horoscopes? Have I received communion in a state of mortal sin? Have I told a lie in confession or deliberately withheld confessing a mortal sin? Have I ever denied a truth of the Catholic faith out of embarrassment? Have I ever despaired of God's love for me? Have I sinned presuming that God would forgive me afterwards? And that's an important one that people don't reflect on as often as we might. What, what it means to trust in the mercy of God and at the same time not to take that mercy for granted, not to presume upon it, otherwise it's just an abuse of the relationship and I can't really say that I love the person who I keep on abusing but just knowing that they'll keep on forgiving me. And finally, do I seek to be with God in prayer regularly? You shall not take the name of your Lord, of the Lord your God, in vain. We might ask ourselves, have I insulted God's holy name or used it lightly or carelessly? Have I wished evil on anyone? And third, remember to keep holy the Lord's day. Have I missed Mass deliberately on Sundays or holy days of obligation? Do I show indifference by not taking Mass seriously? Do I leave early or come late deliberately without good reason? The Sabbath is a day of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Have I avoided unnecessary work on Sundays? The fourth commandment, honour your father and your mother. Do I honour and obey my parents? Have I cursed at them or harmed them in any way? Do I honour and obey my legitimate superiors? Have I neglected my family responsibilities? You shall not kill. Have I deliberately hurt anyone? Have I had an abortion? Have I encouraged or assisted anyone in any way to have an abortion? Have I abused drugs or alcohols? Do I have unresolved issues of hatred, anger or resentment? Have I given scandal to anyone by my sins and led them into sin? Have I attempted suicide or seriously considered it? And here the priest doesn't want to judge you, but he wants to help you. You shall not commit adultery. Am I faithful to marriage vows in thought and action? Was I married outside of the church without proper permission of the church? And if you're not sure about this, just ask the priest. Have I used artificial birth control or been sterilized? 
And then more for those who aren't married. Have I been sexually active with anyone, male or female? Have I engaged in any activity with the intention of becoming aroused? Have I indulged in impure acts? Have I looked at impure things in magazines or on the internet? Have I used impure language or told impure jokes? Have I sought to encourage impure thoughts in others by the way that I dress? You shall not steal. Have I taken what is not mine, destroyed what belongs to someone else, knowingly accepted stolen goods? Have I neglected those in need or ignored the, ignored the poor? Am I generous with the material possessions I have? Have I cheated? Have I stolen anything from an employer or employee? Have I illegally copied computer software, illegally downloaded videos? You shall not bear false witness against your neighbour. Have I lied or sworn falsely? Have I gossiped or ruined anyone's good name? Have I revealed information about anyone that should have been kept confidential? You shall not desire your neighbour's wife. Have I deliberately and consciously permitted sexual thoughts about someone to whom I'm not married? Do I even try to control my imagination? Am I responsible for my thoughts through the books that I read, the movies I watch? Have I, contained show, have I watched shows, videos, plays or movies which are likely to prompt me to have adulterous thoughts? You shall not desire your neighbour's goods. Am I envious of the possessions, talents and successes of others? Have I acted out of jealousy of someone's gifts or talents? Do I watch programmes? Do I expose myself to so much advertising that it stimulates incessant desire for more and more in me? You shall love your neighbour as you love yourself. Do I love my neighbour? Are there persons who I do not love or refuse to love? Have I ridiculed or humiliated others? Am I prejudiced? Do I seek to help and assist others in need, especially the poor that live around me? Do I seriously try to love others as Jesus wants? Do I forgive from my heart those who have hurt me? Do I pray for my enemies? Do I love myself as God loves me? Do I care for my physical, emotional and spiritual health? Then finally, have I observed the precepts of the church? Do I go to confession at least once a year when I have serious sins to confess? Do I receive Holy Communion at least once during Easter time? Do I fast for one hour before receiving Communion? Do I abstain from meat on Fridays during Lent and for those of us in England and Wales, Wales throughout the rest of the year? Do I fast from at least one meal on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday? And then we might also ask ourselves as part of a fruitful examination of conscience whether we Keep the, the corporal and the spiritual works of mercy. So that brings us to an end of our program today. And I'm just going to finish with a, a prayer. Um, and it's a, a prayer particularly for, for any of those who are, are struggling to go to confession. Heavenly Father, you loved us so much that you sent 
your only Son, our Lord, to live among us, to suffer for us and to die for us, so that we might be forgiven our sins and reconciled to you. We ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, any of those who are hesitant about going to confession might be granted the the grace of courage of fortitude to, to go and make that confession. And we ask that that in the person of the priest they experience an un, an abundant unleashing of your mercy. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs>